I believe we can all agree that one of the greatest obstacles to meaningful development in Africa is ethnic conflict. Since Nigerian Fourth Republic's founding in 1999, farmer head of violence has killed thousands of people and displaced tens of thousands more. Today, my guest will give us an insight to better understand ethnic conflict. Hello and welcome to SMA Talks, the podcast. My name is Ayodiji Sarahini. So my guest today is a man, many refer to as a comrade. He speaks about, is it three or two Nigerian languages? Yeah, three Nigerian <laughs> three languages. languages. Wow, well. and he's is um, undeniable. He has this undeniable knack, you know, to bring people together. And is none other than Suleiman Akondi, aka Comrade Sly. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Comrade Sly. How you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And today's topic will be discussing Nigerian ethnic clash. And, I mean, it's worth discussing, if you would agree with me, because, you know, over the years, like I said in the introduction, since our Fourth Republic, when we started our Fourth Republic in 1999, we have been having this farmer header clash. And only recently, you know, it was all over in the news when Sunday Igboho, you know, gave an ultimatum to the Fulani headsmen in Oyo State. And that they should leave, you know, the place because of the clash that is happening between the Yorubas and the Fulani. When you saw that news, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Uh, first and foremost, ethnic clashes in this part of the world yeah. is as old as Nigeria itself. Hmm. So, uh, we, must first, we must establish two things here. Yeah. First is the legality of such pronouncements hmm. by a private citizen. The constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria is clear yeah. on that, that any Nigerians can live anywhere in Nigeria. True. They get that. So, Sunday Igbo saying that it's, um, it's not thing to say as a private uh, citizen, we must get that right. Number two is that I and you, it's an open secret that the minas caused by X-Men yeah. has been going on for a very long time. True. Attacking here, doing this, that, and this all that time. But we must not use legality, Ill illegality to correct another illegality. illegality. Yeah. So we must not take but, long But if you notice, mm. after I said that, then most of the governors in the Southwest and the monarchs, you know, the Obas and so on, so they had a meeting and to, to resolve the issue and how they can go about it. And that's a problem I have, most especially in Nigeria and, you know, many countries in Africa. Why is it that we allow situations to degrade, it degenerates so bad before we now address it? So if Sunday Igboho had not come out to give an ultimatum like that, are you telling me that the governors wouldn't have had an emergency meeting or they wouldn't have been proactive on how to resolve it? Yeah, it's quite unfortunate. You are very right. We have been passive in preferring solutions to our problem. First and foremost, this does not start now. Okay. Two things have really 
a kind of this problem has been on for long yeah but two things has make it too glaring and which has made it led to all these clashes here clashes. and there yeah. which is we must understand that from time immemorial for mm. elders have been moving from the north down to the south in sure. search for grass for their cow mm. and other things so the issue of climate change Okay, I, I like where it comes in. So, like, you are looking, mm -hmm. let's look at the causes, right? Yeah, the causes. Okay, so one major cause is climate change. It has, that is that is it. You get yeah. it. Climate change has made it where you found abundant grass, you don't mm. find it again. Yeah. Where you find abundant water, they are gone. Mm. Are you getting it? Yeah. So this has made it has led to competition for minimal resources that is available yeah, to other people. Yeah. Number two is this development. At the rate we were developing, developing cities, developing towns, without capturing what we we'll get what to do with, uh, with these clashes. These yeah. clashes have been there for long, but it has not really the issue of climate change and development really bring it into into uh, into the forefront of what we are looking at in, in the world over now. So that has really been the world, the problem. Yeah, I, I agree, but I'd like us to go back a little bit. Yeah. So, still on the issue of what happened in Oyo and what is also happening in Benue and many other parts of the country right now, you and I know that our president is a Fulani man, you know, President Muhammad Buhari. And recently, um, the president of African Development Bank, Akiwomi Adeshino, he said that the federalism we practice we run in Nigeria, it's not federalism, it's fadarism. <laughs> and that's yeah. funny, but I think what I'm trying to say is that we look up to our leaders as fathers, you know. But thinking from, from that angle, since we look up to our leaders as fathers, and President Muhammad Bari at least is old enough to be many of us our fathers. Mm. So, why can't, and the president is a full animal, why can't the president help resolve this issue properly. Why, why is it so difficult to resolve? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you see, this issue is a kind of multifaceted issue, very complex. We must get something right. Mm. The issue of Fulani, X-Men, uh, don't forget, we have a very porous border. Mm. So, ability to know who are really the people doing this attack, who are the bad guys among these people, has been a problem. And I think the president was, that was around 2017 or thereabout, when he came up with the issue of uh, Ruga. Ruga okay. is a Fulani word for settlement, whereby people meet, you can take care of your cow, you can, it's more or less like a grazing reserve, yeah. whereby you don't have to move your cow down from north, down to south, million, and that is hundreds of miles uh, away. So the president, in its uh, own wisdom then, says that let's start practicing Ruga. And I think some state governors also goes against it. So uh, that is not to say the president has a lot to do as the father of the nation, all box ends on his uh, table. table. So yeah. I think it will go a long way if we can revisit all these things and at least make this um, issue of farmer elders clashes a thing that we will need in the board. Yeah. So, um, I would like us to drop the Fulani headsman for now. 
let's talk about because the issue we are discussing today you know like the topic nigerian ethnic clash so um in 1967 to 1970 you know we had this nigerian civil war the whole issue of biafra and till now we know that the, the issues that the Biafrans are clamoring for is still present with us today. A lot of people are still clamoring for an independent nation, for the Southeastern people, the Biafran, they want to have their own independence, they want to have their own country. And in Nigeria, whether we have an, over 300 ethnicities, we have all sort of people that identify with various ethnicities and we have over 300 of them and there's so much competition, so much rivalry. I want to ask, what, what do you think, could, what do you have to say to the Biafrans, you know? What, what, how, how would you feel? Do you, like, take pity on them because, or what's your stand with the issue of Biafra? Uh, actually, uh, the civil war, of the of 1967 mm. down to 1970 or late 69 is very very unfortunate it is a war that is needless that is why after the end of this civil war the then head of state uh, general yakubu gohan said it is a no victor no vanquish uh, war of a thing the Biafra agitator to me i felt uh, a lot still need to be done Mm. Let's go back. The Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria recognized self-determination. Are you getting it? Yeah. That is, a people says, oh, we don't want to belong here again. And the United Nations Charter, which, which Nigeria is a signatory to, also recognized that people have the right to self-determination. So Biafra as a whole, it, there has not been a kind of uh, holistic approach that, okay, let's have this in one word. If you're talking of uh, Biafra agitation has always been a thing of uh, IPOB as yeah. being the main agitator of Biafra. Isn't Dibo has not really said anything about it. The Southeast, the five Southeast states are senator in the National Assembly. They are member of the House of Rep. All they just need to do is lobby other member of NAS and at least let us call for a constitutional conference or a national confab whereby we come and discuss the entity Nigeria. Does the people of South East, the they want to remain part of Nigeria or they want to go their way? And I think most of these things are best settled on the table. When we talk, we have an issue. Absolutely. I think I agree. So I, I'm sure our listeners, I would like to make some things clear. So there's something we call communal conflict in Nigeria. And we have two types of it. You know, we have the ethno-religious conflict which um, primarily is about um, division amongst, you know, people are divided based on the culture, ethnicity, religion, um, in communities. And um, we, an example is what we have in maybe Kaduna, for example. You know, we have the Christian-Muslim um, rivalry and we have the, the, the conflict that's happening in Kaduna, the northern Kaduna, southern Kaduna. You know, we have killings there, etc. And we also have the heads, heads and farmer conflict, which involves dispute over, um, you know, land and cattle. That's the Fulani Hausa headers and, you know, people that farm in the south down to southwestern part of Nigeria. So, also, what is happening in Kaduna, for example? 
Did you leave in Kaduna at any point? Yeah, I was born and born. Exactly, because I know, I think you have <laughs> a history with Kaduna. Yeah. So as someone who lived in Kaduna, and you, I think you benefited, that's why you understand, you know, Hausa, you understand Yoruba, you know, you have lived with them, you have lived with so many different tribes in Nigeria, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show, because I know that you, a lot of our listeners will have a lot to gain from, you know, your experience and what you would have to say. So what do you think is the issue with what is happening with Christian and Muslims in Kaduna? The conflict happening there, how do you think it can, because I'm sure there should be an underlying uh, aspect of the ethnicity there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, the Kaduna crisis is, um, can be traced back to the Zango Kata crisis in the early 90s. Then from there, from Zango Kata in the early 90s, then in the year 2000, we have another one that was uh, when there is this uh, Sharia law by Yerima Bakura of uh, Zamfara State. It gave, Kaduna is a very volatile uh, state. Mm -hmm. The reason is simple. Kaduna is the capital of the north. Hmm. So it's a place whereby everybody meets the Muslims, the Christians, people from the south, people from the north. So these are, have been for what, for a very long time. And I think a lot has gone um, into the drain by people clash for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. There was a time people clash over uh, uh, a write-up by a newspaper. People clash over land. If you go to the southern Kaduna now, what has been is that they are, they are clashing over land whereby people will say, okay, this land belongs to us. You have some Fulani people or the Aousa people yeah. that their forefathers have stayed on this land for about 200 years. Yeah. Then you have the local, the indigenous people, people. of that land yeah. saying that this land belongs to us. So all this claim yeah. has led to a lot of clashes here and there between the locals and um, the settlers. Yeah. So, and um, uh, personally, if you just ask me, we have a kind of, we must find a common ground as a people. Yeah. on how to tolerate ourselves and let government come into play in solving all this problem. Just as you said earlier, we allow this thing to fester for long before government come into the whole thing and said, oh, this is this, this belongs to this, and this belongs to that. Yeah. So, so, so I'd like, I like to discuss some of the stereotypes, yeah. you know, associated with ethnicity in Nigeria and tribes, ethnic, ethnics and tribes. Because, so for example, I, I remember after the Civil War, and even till now, a lot of people have this perception, they see Yoruba people as people who sit on the fence, you know, they are neither, neither saying no, or yes, they're just on the fence. That's why a lot of people, that's a lot of this perception, you know, towards Yoruba people. Um, people see the Igbos as, you know, they are... They are very strong-willed. They like money. They are so money-oriented, you know, people, and they like to outsmart other people. You know, that's a stereotype. Again, people see with the Igbos. And people see the Hausa man as someone who is arrogant or ignorant and is power-drunk, you know. So these are just stereotypes. The major tribes, for example, we have with Nigeria. And now the Fulani, people have associated killings with the Fulani, also being ignorant, um, harmful, dangerous people and all of that. And it saddens me to see that we are 
putting different tribes, caging them in ignorance and in a box, whereby neg we're giving them neg negative stereotypes. So a layman comes from another country and definitely, without you telling him anything, he just sees, you know, he just watch from a distance and he can see the, the different bias you all are using to relate to one another because of the inherent bias. And we train our children with this bias, which scares me more because sometimes I have this, permit me to say wishful thinking that, oh, Nigeria might, we might stop this bias. And when you, when you think of it and when reality dawns on you and you see the way people are training their kids, you know, telling their kids in the house that, oh, that your neighbor, he's full of you, don't go near him because they're dangerous, they kill people. Or that evil person, don't go there. They are very, they use you to do money ritual. They like money too much, you know, and all of that. So what do you have to say about these negative stereotypes we have lived with over the years and it's still potent with us? Uh -huh. You see, stereotype is something if we continue doing this, no one benefits, no one benefits from the stereotype. And I think one of the problems we have been having is ethnic profiling of mm. a crime. Yeah. Criminal is a criminal, nothing more, nothing less. Exactly. We, should, we, we should, shouldn't profile. We shouldn't profile. Yeah. Ethnic profiling will not help any of us. Yeah. You understand? And no, so I would like us to really analyze that. I mean, profiling is important, but we shouldn't profile. Mm. Um, ethnic. Yes. We should profile ethnic. for documentation, mm -hmm. but we shouldn't profile for. Stereotype to stereotype type. people, yeah, 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 you know, because just like having database, yes, I would yes, say that yes, okay, yes. a black man did this, yes. or a Yoruba man in the West did this, yes. but we should bring that to the news sure. and now profile and say, Oh, it's Yoruba people, sure. or that one person now generalizes you, generalize the whole of the Yoruba race, yes, just because of one man's action. That's so continuing. So, the, the issue of ethnic profiling, yes. you understand, has really gone a long way in kind of breaking the, a lot of things that join us together as a people yeah. and as a nation. You see, I've heard people saying Fulani X-Men have done this. Even there are some crimes that are not committed by them. Yeah. But you don't just even need to hear anything. Oh, this is done. They say these people have done this. Each tribe in this country is known for a particular crime. Yeah. Maybe it's because that crime is dominant in that area. But in the business of nation building, mm. we must come together as a people and as a nation and look at that lot of things that yes. join us together, together rather than the little things that divide, that, that divide us. us. So issue of profiling or stereotype yeah. should really be what be done by us. A criminal is a criminal, mm. nothing more. Nothing well, less. Well, I, I like to take it up from there. Still on criminal, criminality. Yeah. So we have instances where a lot of the kidnappings and banditry happening yeah. in our society now. I mean, just recently, today, this morning, um, we saw in the news that over 200 students, female students, were kidnapped in Zamfara. Zamfara is in the north of Nigeria. And these are young girls. And a lot of people associate this kidnapping and banditry to the Fulani um, tribe. So what do you think about that? Uh, it's quite unfortunate. Mm. The problem is, you see, well, people have been discussing a lot of things, this thing a lot, uh, a lot of time. But the problem we're having is that 
we are just we are not really looking at the root cause yeah. of all these things. Are you aware that there are some states and local and some local government in Nigeria that are even ungoverned? Ungoverned in the sense that you won't see the presence of security, no presence of busy community, no presence of good and motorable road. So all these things have gone on for long. Yeah. So, and you see, there is one particular thing. I told someone that one of the things that, uh, that fuel banditry and terrorism is poverty. Hmm. So the issue of poverty needs to be taken care of. Illiteracy is another thing that fuel this terrorism. Oh, yeah. Are you getting it? The aim of this terrorism, of these bandits, is to stop these young girls from going to school. school. I don't know why you if why you go to a school, school and kidnap girls. And I think succeeding. If you look at it from, I, I think they're succeeding because if I were to be a parent now, I would be scared for my children to be in school, especially boarding house, because I may be scared that one bunch of bandits might go into the school and go and kidnap innocent yeah, yeah. children. I know children are very vulnerable. They are. They are it's something that any parent, anyone who is a parent, would, would not want anything to harm his kids or her kids. So they just play on the weak points of parents, which is their kids. And definitely, they, they're going to demand ransom. Yeah, they are. But I'm telling you, if we can come together as a people and as a nation, they won't win this war. You know How why? do we come together when we are so divided by ethnicity, tribalism, religious bias, all sorts of divisions? I mean, I remember when Black Lives Matter was happening in the United States. And, you know, I was having this conversation with some of my friends and we're like, oh, black versus white is happening in the United States. I know people were so agitated and we're condemning what is happening in the United States and all of that. And I told them, have you guys forgotten that ours might not be black versus white? Because, I mean, in Nigeria, we don't have that race. You know, we are more of a black nation. But we have a lot that's present with us. And they're just as bad, which gave birth to NSAS protest. What our security officials were doing, we felt very unsafe, you know, with our... Um, uh, the, the, the special anti-robbery squad unit under the Nigerian police force were so scared because... I've been a victim before. I mean, I've been harassed like on four different occasions in Lagos. So it is with us. We are all blacks or Africans, permit me. I don't like using the word blacks. You know, we're all Africans here in Nigeria, majority of us. But we still have issues amongst ourselves because we have religion present with us. We have ethno-religious conflict. We have tribal conflict. We have ethnicity. We have class of oppression, the rich versus the poor, and all of that. So, are you are telling me if we can just come together as a nation, how do we find that way? How do we come together? Thank you very much. Yes. You see, it's about going back to the basis. We have a lot of things that unite us than the little things that divide us. Such as? Thank you very much. Such as, number one, being in Nigeria, yes. that itself should be a unifying factor that bind us together. You know one funny thing? Yeah. I've seen Nigerian girls abroad, and when you see them abroad, they come together to for a common cause without asking you, where are you from? Are you from social state? Yeah. Are you this, are you that? I could remember there is one of these uh, adventure we had of, of, of recent, and we came together as a Nigerian, not as a Yoruba guy, not as a Hausa guy, not yeah. as Igbo guy, until we're able to do that. And you should get, let's get one thing, this thing right. The issue of ethno-religion crisis here and there 
do you notice that it's more prevalent amongst the poor than the rich? Hmm. Have you ever gone to the National Assembly or wherever in this or in this country, whenever they want to perfect their ways of what of making their money, they will not even think of, I don't want to do this with a Yoruba guy, I don't want to do this with a uh, Hausa guy. guy. So until we come together as a people, as a nation, it is very important that we must also establish that the government has a lot to do. Yeah. Let crime be punished on time. When you allow crime to go unpunished, people see it as normal. People see it as a way of life. And those that are victims of crime, when you don't punish their perpetrators, they lose trust in the government. Exactly. Someone put it well, when the person said, if you, you have more of what you praise, so if we go around praising corrupt politicians, because in Nigeria, to be honest, I know that we'll hear one or two cases in the media that they are, they are trying to prosecute one rich politician that stole public funds and all of that. But we never see them actually punish the politician. Nobody actually goes to jail. I mean, you can tell me if I don't because maybe I don't know. You should correct me if I'm no, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I've, not seen, I've not seen any politician that we have had media, media trial about, you know, in recent years or even since I was... Okay, not since I was born, but in recent years, goes to jail. You know, you just hear it on the news that, oh, this person is having a case with EFCC, the Economic and Financial Crimes, you know, and no, nobody actually goes to jail. That's one. Then two, I think you, you hit on something when you said, we have to be one Nigeria. We have to behave as Nigerians. And that made me, that made me want to ask you this. What does it mean to be a Nigerian? Because I'm a Nigerian, but I'll tell you that I know what it means to be a citizen of the United States is to respect and defend the Constitution of the United States. But what does it really mean to be a Nigerian? When someone says, I am a Nigerian, what does that mean? What is he trying to say that? <laughs> what is that person saying that I am a Nigerian? What does that mean? Uh, being an Nigerian, it takes a lot. Okay. Most importantly, we must remember one thing. Uh, the late Professor Dora Akunyili yeah. was able to coin a particular word. She said, we are great, uh, good people of a great nation. Oh, that's nice. So, good people great of a great nation. So, if you look at the abundance of... I don't... When I talk of Nigerian, I don't even look at the hoi. I don't mm. look at the abundant natural resources. Yeah. But when you look at the abundant human resources, resources that is abound in every corner of Nigeria, you will know we have a lot to celebrate as a, as a nation. Number two, how do we do that? Uh, just look at our uh, national pledge or national anthem. Yeah. Do you know that we have one of the best national pledge in the world? Mm. At least the little times I've spent, I have reviewed close to 10 to 15 pledges and national anthem of out of country. Okay. And well, that, I, I, I like the strong play, our, our national pledge so much, mm. and I like us to recite it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Oh, yeah, I, I pledge to Nigeria, Nigeria my country, to be faithful, loyal, and honest, honest to serve Nigeria, Nigeria with all my strength, to defend her unity, and uphold our honor and glory. So help me, God. Wow. Yes. So if that's a that, great. National so if you look pledge. at the national pledge, hmm? yes, to be faithful, loyal. loyal and honest. These three things should define to serve Nigeria with, with all, all my strength. strength. So using that strength, 
to yeah. serve Nigeria, that is the gate man to mm. serve Nigeria with all these strength. Mm. The messenger. Then, then I think mm -hmm. this, this mm -hmm. falls into the job of the uh, federal orientation... Um, National Orientation Agency. National Orientation Agency. I don't think they're doing their job no, right. they're not doing enough. Because you understand. a lot of people don't know. I, I told you earlier, you yeah. know, I, I, I mean, I know what it is to be a Nigerian, but I can tell you a lot of Nigerians don't really know what it means to be a Nigerian. A, Nigerians will tell you things about every other country around the world, but they don't know things about their own country. Let me tell you one funny thing. You see, the problem is that this federalism mm. that what we've been running. I couldn't even say we practice fadarism. Fadarism. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, uh, you would have said it. So, this federalism. so this federalism we've been running yeah. is like we're taking government away from the people. Hmm. Are you getting it? Yeah. You see, the local government system, what we run these days, there are people that don't even know their local government chairman. Exactly. Aside from their state chairman. It's disturbing. And did you even know one funny thing? The way this country is what is structured, hmm. are you aware that primary education? Primary health care yeah. is a statutory function of local government and state government. How far do they, how far have they fear yeah. in that? Are you getting that? Yeah. So until we know who and who should we hold responsible yeah. for a failure or a success mm -hmm. in, in, in a country. And again, we are talking about the um, uh, kind of our justice system the other time. Yeah. If you look at our criminal justice system, it, take, it takes time to dispense justice. And you remember the normal words they use in legal parlance. Yeah. Justice delay is justice denied. So all these things, we need to work on it. We need a kind of review. We should have special courts that will try criminal cases. A special court, court that will try corruption cases. Exactly. A special court that will try electoral offenses uh, cases. So all these things, if you have quick dispensation of justice, this thing will not find, stay for long. Because what we're doing now is that we should understand that the children are looking. You, when you look at what TV, when you do this, when you do that, they will just think this is normal. Whereas we are not that yeah, because exactly. we are a good people of a great nation. Hmm. I like when you say that. <laughs> hmm. So I would like to ask, do you see a future for Nigerian ethnic groups living in true harmony, like a true harmony? Do you see a future? Ah, uh -huh. serious. I am very, very optimistic, and I believe in Project Nigeria. We can make it happen. How do we do that? Okay. Is giving to A what is due to A. Giving to B what is due to B. Why most of people lost um, interest, yeah. and they became very, very, very relaxed about the Project Nigeria is they feel cheated. Is it in school? Is it in workplace? Is it this? So if we can change that fundamental thing that is wrong, mm. let us do things as at when due. And I'm telling you, and it has a lot. As a citizen, we have a role. The leaders have a role. Are you getting it? Yeah. So when I've been telling people, it's not about the society. The society is, a, is, is on its own. But right from our home, we are running a government right from our home. Let's start preaching that value that, oh, this is what we stand for. This is what we do. This is because at the end of the day, what a lot of Nigerians don't understand is, or what a lot of people don't understand is, the family is the smallest unit of any society. Yeah. Charity begins at home. Yeah. Is what you train your children. Like I said earlier, 
we have situations whereby people tell their children. I mean, I used to have great optimism, you know, for this ethnic conflict and clash that maybe it will resolve in a few years, only for me to discover that what parenting feels in the minds of their children, what they tell them that, oh, don't mingle with this person in your school. What's your best friend's name? Maybe, for example, the child is in, she's Igbo, for example. Maybe her name is Amarachi. And Amarachi's mom asked Amarachi in the house, yeah. what's, what's, what's your best friend's name? I said her best friend's name is Aisha. I'm like, you're following Hausa girl in school? Mm -hmm. No, don't work with her. Don't you know that Hausa people are this? Don't you know that Yoruba people are this? Don't you know that Gala people are this? You know, and all sorts of things. So we have to train our children differently. We have to raise our boys differently, our girls differently. We have to teach them how to love. Because if we can teach hate, mm -hmm. then we must learn mm -hmm. to teach love. Wow, I love that. You know, because, I mean, it's not my words. It's yeah. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela said, um, love hates, hates that love can be taught. That because for hate to be taught, then love can be taught. Because if you can teach hatred, then you can definitely teach love. Because nobody was born to, to, to hate naturally. Yeah. Hate they must have been yeah, learned. And so for you to learn to hate, then you can learn to love. So I just, I just wish, hope, and pray that we can actually live you know, in true harmony in, in this country. And I would also like you to say, to tell us like the, ba the baby steps we can be taking as a person because we can't always sit here and blame the federal government, state government, forgetting that you and I make up the society. You know, it's your, what you do within the society, what I do within society that makes up the society as a whole. So, so Suleiman, tell us, what are the ba baby steps individuals can take you know, within their capacity to have better relationship among ethnicities. Thank you very much. One of the first steps is, as a people and as a nation, mm. we must first treat every Nigerian as human first, before you now separate them into classes. I remember someone says that there are only two classes of people in the world, yeah. the good and bad people. Every other thing is secondary. My so, brother would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we must first look at people that, oh, I'm not, oh, Deji, oh, Deji, like Deji sounds like a Yoruba name, Deji must be this. So I must not look at you from that prison. It is very, very, very narrow. Yeah. And one thing you should notice is that I laugh sometimes when we come back to this country to fight ourselves. Nigeria will go abroad and shout of racism. It will go to South Africa and start to shout of a xenophobic attack, yeah. whereby his fellow Nigeria here, down here, you cannot relate with him. So until we start preaching this value, right from the family settings, our religious privileges, yeah. and in the other social media and everywhere. So whatever we want to say, we should make sure that we reflect Nigeria, one Nigeria, because I have always said, we have a lot that unite, that unite us than what divide us. It's like you just gave me so mm. much optimism mm. <laughs> into, mm. um, in, into this communal conflict. Mm. I mean, both the ethno-religious conflict and the Famaheda conflict. But finally, I, I would like you to tell us that, um, do you think Nigeria or Africa at large uh, will gain if we go back to this tribal leadership or regional leadership? Do you think if peradventure, I mean, I've shared in your optimism that Nigeria will become a better place in terms of 
the class we have within the ethnicity, tribalism, etc. But peradventure, God forbid, you know, mm. if it doesn't move forward mm. and we get to the brinks of it where Biafra says, oh, we're going on our own. And maybe the Fulani says, oh, we're going on our own. And the, you know, Yorubas and the Thief and the Ethic and all sorts of tribes go on their own. Do you think the country, Nigeria will gain or Africa will gain if we go back to this tribal and leadership that we used to do before, you know, before, before we became a democracy that yeah. we are today and we became a federation? Do you think we'll gain from it? Or do you think it would be a bloody mistake? Uh, actually, personally, I believe all of us need one of us. Yeah. You understand? One thing we should understand is that as a nation, the proponent, uh, the founding fathers of this nation, yeah. they have a very lofty dream for this country. So should we go back to the regional settings that oh, these people go their way? We still miss ourselves because, you see, as a nation, yeah. we are not giant of Africa for nothing. Yeah. You remember how big we are in the West African region, in the African region? So the beauty of Nigeria, have you seen our national team? Very nice. Yoruba, Awusa, this and that. So uh, we are better off to remain as a one big nation. nation. So I would always implore our leaders and the followers that this marriage will produce a very good <laughs> fruit if we come together thank you very much <laughs> on that note i say thank you so much comrade sly i mean it's indeed a pleasure to um, discuss with you you were the perfect person that came to mind because i know that you know you have related with so much um people from various tribes i know you lived in mina at some point you lived in uh, Abuja, lived in Kaduna, you speak multiple languages and you know better, you know, on this topic. And that's why I really honestly share in the optimism that Nigeria, and not just Nigeria, we have other African countries too, that are facing this um, ethno-religious conflict, such as it's happening in Somalia, it's happening in Sudan, it's happening in Rwanda. You know, Africa, basically, these issues are happening and this is limiting our meaningful development. This limiting our progress. And we all have to act now. You know, as they always say about climate change, that we don't have time anymore and we quickly have to act now. That is the same way we have to act now. We have to be better persons. We have to be better neighbors. We have to be better friends. We have to be better colleagues. We have to be better staff. We have to treat people equally and justly. On that note, I say thank you very much for always listening to SME Talks, the podcast. Please do look out for more updates at, um, from SME Talks on Instagram at, S, at the, S, the SME Talks and on Twitter at Saraki underscore Deji. On that note, I say bye for now.